Hi, this is Skip Lackey, and I was in the 1985 horror comedy film Once Bitten, and this is Chris and Scott with the Vampire Movie Minute podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast, a podcast dedicated to ending all vampire movies. And I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Scott Danielson. And we return to Vampire Hunter D, the anime from 1985. Scott, do we seem to be able to escape 1985? No, we, we are drawn to it like a moth to the flame. Like a moth to the motherfucking flame. What other movies from 1985 have we covered for anyone who may have not uh, checked out our uh, per- first several episodes? Well, we definitely have Once Bitten. Right. And I, be- I believe, yep, no, not that one. Um, so <laughs> I'm trying to remember what else is 1985. Life Force. Oh, that's right. Life Force, of course. Yeah. Uh, the first oh, movie we did, Lost Boys, when this was the Lost Boys Movie Minute podcast. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, I think, all of the, uh, I think all of the artwork has finally changed over to the artwork that was done by uh, uh, my friend, uh, Stacy, the, uh, the author. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. So she did it with the, so we got, so we either we got like the cartoony vampire um, or we got, um, you know, who's rather voluptuous. And then we also have Vlada, <laughs> who's also rather voluptuous. Um, it's a running theme in our work. It's a running and... theme because we I know what we like. That's all. Yes. I will say no more based on just getting in trouble. But uh, Lost Boys sure. was 87. And, uh, yeah, but uh, you know, I guess all the good vampire movies came out in the eighties. Yeah, there's, yeah, there was a there was a rush of them. Um, yeah, there's always like an ebb and flow, but there's a lot of good ones. I mean, we could, I mean, conceivably, like eighty five to eighty seven produced a ton. Like we could conceivably, I think even Near Dark is in there too. Uh, I know there's one that you like, which is uh, My Best Friend Is a Vampire. Is that within that? I think that was eighty eight actually. Okay, okay, so but still within that like five year period, there's a ton. There's a Monster Squad, which is, you know, not necessarily a vampire movie, but Dracula is the main villain. Of course, there is the Monster Squad Movie Minute podcast as well. I think the original Fright Night's right around there, too. Yep. 1984, 85. 85. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a good, is a good year for that. So um, there's also, um, but uh, there was, like, Dracula kind of stayed out of the 80s, with the exception of, like, George Hamilton's movie in 80. You know, Frank Langella did Dracula in 79. Um, Jack Palace was Dracula in the 70s. You know, Hammer was dead by the seven, late 70s. So all, you know, Christopher Lee's time yeah. Dracula was over. Well, it's kind of like the 80s did, I, I personally think, like the 80s did teenage vampires right. That was what they, that was what they did. They, they appealed to the kids a little bit more than the, than the Hammer stuff. Indeed, indeed. So we begin these five minutes with um, uh, Dean uh, being like, just wound up with the snake women before it just immediately cuts over to uh, Doris at the house. Yep. And uh, the five minutes will end with back at the castle with Lucretha being all dramatic and posy. Yes. But uh, the uh, the doctor blatantly just outright asks Doris, do you love this man? This vampire hunter? Yeah. Like she they're just... just met him. Yeah. And then uh, this guy who just met Dee says like, oh, there's something dangerous in his eyes. Like he constantly lives between life and death. <laughs> very dramatic monologue it's like okay what do you know that we don't like 
he's giving a lot of lot of lot of stuff for having barely met this guy. Yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden we have the monster that D earlier defeated show up, and it whips out of its back these spider-like creatures. After sticking its tongue out, this flying dude shows up, and as well as um, Gimmel, the the guy who wants to be a uh, what's the name of the guy who wants to be a vampire? I think you I think you had it right, Gimmel. The okay. our, yeah. Yeah, so we got three creatures that just show up, and God, they're kind of horrific. The, the the big dude that D fights. Yeah, he, with the he tongue like, and the monster, and then the monster has stuff that comes out of it. Like what yeah. the fuck, anime? I've watched a lot of hentai. Okay, I know <laughs> the extents that anime will go to. It's like but, yeah, it's like Frankenstein that somehow spits, in, but that has the alien mouth that then spits out a dude who spits out spiders. I don't, I don't understand. It's so fucking bizarre, and I yeah. love it so fucking much. Yeah, well, and they house this family, too. That's, like, been fighting off stuff for, like, it seems like years. Like, they should be somewhat better at this, and they just get housed immediately. And so Doris has to resort to, uh, she, she has to make a threat against herself so that she can uh, have her family spared, basically. Yeah, and... Uh... Then we count over to uh, good old Magnus Lee sitting in his chair. Basically, it looks like the same animation, just with new dubbing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. He 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 uh, can't be bothered. Uh, just very much just sitting with the head in the hand, which is the, I would say, there's two power stances for villains like this. The first is to just sit regally and uh, just exude power. And the second is to act like you've fucking done this so many times it's boring. And that's that's where our guy goes. He goes for I'm bored by this. You'll you'll give in soon. It's it's all inevitable. Just it's cute. Like I admire your spirit, but it's not going to do anything for you. Switching back over to the manga real quick, just for a uh, static look at how that goes. The the monsters that show up and attack the doctor, and the doctor gets like the spiders thrown in his face. You ever had spiders on your face before? Are you waking up? <sighs> Uh, not not outside that audition for Fear Factor. No, uh, <laughs> I have avoided that if if at all possible. I'm the closest I get is that I'm the designated like bug killer in the house, but that's about it. And I I try to avoid spiders in the face whenever possible. By the way, Dee gives Doris a piggyback ride in the manga. <laughs> that's very cute. Don't ask me why. That's, that's I, I have bonding. to reread this whole thing from beginning to end. I'm really trying to just basically match it up to what I'm watching on the screen right now. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. But, uh, there's a scene where Doris is uh, accosted by. Okay, so Gimlet in the book is got like what is the shirt called that doesn't have sleeves, but it's just like a tunic, like a tank top. Yeah, but there, but, but okay, but he, what he's wearing in the graphic novel manga is like I'm not even joking. It's a tunic with a turtleneck. Tunic with a turtleneck. Oh, a tactile neck. Yeah. <laughs> And he grabs her from behind, and of course, where does his hands immediately go? I'm going to guess some curvature on her person. Correct. Okay. Okay. Guess correctly. All right. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm sorry. This is, um, I'm sorry. I am wrong. This is the Gaston of the book. Oh, I see. Yes. He grabs her by the breasts. <laughs> no, one, no one gropes like Gaston. Everyone yeah. knows that. <laughs> I am quite sure, and I hope there is some porn parody of the Beauty and the Beast movie where somebody just sings. I hope it's a musical too. Uh, I mean, yeah, no one. Nobody grubs like Gaston. Nobody fucks like Gaston. 
Nobody stalks like Gaston. No one creeps like Gaston. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it writes itself very quickly. When she's and presenting it, herself to D, by the way, of like, I'm coming with you to help to go rescue Dan, um, because Dan gets taken to the castle. Of course. Uh, she, like, is holding the front of her shirt where the clasp basically would push the breast together out of view of, like, you want these, don't you? You want me? <laughs> And oh, I'm like boy. reading this manga and like, God, the cartoon is so much more conservative. Which is, which is, it's not uncommon, but it's weird for it to be so much more conservative because <laughs> it's not like this is anime. Like, I feel like some anime, especially nowadays, they try to tone it down a little bit because they know it has a wider audience than just Japan. But it's not like the original anime would have had a wide audience outside Japan. We've talked about other things coming out of this time. They were not afraid of blatant sexuality and weird sexuality, too. Yeah. Angel Cop, Demon City, Wicked City. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just so many. I mean, I mean, they kept the spiders, but they uh, <laughs> that's about it. Now, she she threatens to bite her tongue off um, or bleed to death by biting her tongue. Do you think you could actually do that? I don't think so. I think, I mean, I think it's a bad place. Obviously it would bleed a lot and you need to, I'm sure they could find a way to cauterize it or something, but I think you need something that's just, I don't know. You need something that just has blood flowing to it all the time. I don't know. I feel like you're more like, if you cut off a foot, you're you're actually, I feel like you're more likely to die than like biting your own tongue off or something. But the guy says they're like, Oh, he he wants you undamaged. So I guess I'll abide by this. It's also, Again, a weird cut. Aren't they in the house with Dan being like trussed up in the air? The the yeah. the doctor's got the spiders on his face. Then we cut to a scene of D. No, we cut to the castle. Yeah. And then no, yeah. no we cut to the scene with D and the and the women. And then we're in the castle all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, there's what no, the hell? There's no journey. Um. There's no trip. Um. And and for a movie that is barely eighty minutes, that's kind of. A, there are a number of transitions like this where they don't actually transition. They just, it's like, okay, you get what this kind of movie this is. I'm not going to have a scene where like normally in a movie, there would be a a small scene and it could just be a, like a small plot point where Doris would be taken by the, our, our goon and they would show them like walking up to the castle very briefly and being like, it's like, oh yeah, you know, you can't stop D or whatever. D is going to kill you. And he'd be like, oh, whatever. Like, I'm not the one that's going to have to fight him. Like it could literally be 30 seconds, but it's not even there. It's just, there's nothing. It just cuts immediately to Magnus um, giving his, uh, his chin, resting on his chin. Like he has no cares. Right. And he's kind of showing her somehow what's happening because she's reacting to what's happening to D, but I don't, I didn't yeah. see how she's able to see that. But they maybe show- it's like a video camera, because this is 10,000 years in the future, by the way. By the way, yeah. I also need to point out from the previous minute, uh, sorry, previous seconds, I talked about previous minute within the five minutes, about how her reaction, her, her, the, the loving, the lovingness of D all of a sudden is like, wow, did women D evolve from 10,000 years from now? Because I mean- women want to be courted much longer than just meeting someone and fall in love, whereas like a thousand years ago, sure. You could meet a woman on the street immediately and and propose marriage to her by the weekend. Yeah, I think it's just I, it seems like everybody's kind of a creep, and it looks like uh, Magnus's method of showing her it, they there's they emphasize in and you can really tell in old in old anime like anytime something actually moves that it's supposed to be important. <laughs> And here, the thing that actually moves is like the smoke and this mist in the background. So he basically makes like a hologram camera 
like it's like he's showing her a vision and that's how she sees that B is in trouble with the the Medusa Hydra thing. The um one of the things that uh, I thought was really this all this whole thing with her falling in love with him also reminds me of in 1985 there was second season of Transformers Generation One was happening okay. and there's an episode called I think it's called an Autobot in King Arthur's Court and Power Glide uh, Spike Warpath I want to say Bumblebee accidentally get transported back in time to King Arthur time along with like uh, Astro Train uh, Starscream and a couple of the Decepticons. Oh dear! You have some serious heavy hitter Decepticons. You got Starscream, the you got Starscream, the Conehead Decepticons, and Astrotrain back in time with like basically like kind of low level Autobots and Spike, and mm-hmm. they team up with King Arthur and Merlin to help take down the bad guys. Who one moment the princess is like all into Spike's business because he's hanging out with the the, the living knights. <laughs> oh boy and the next thing you know the bad guy who teamed up with the decepticons who realized this is a bad idea these 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 robot knights are terrible people i should not team up with them makes amends saves the princess from getting killed and immediately she's like we're gonna be married sir spike and spike's like oh shuck oh dear what's the point about about ten? you know well, i don't think that would have worked out we have to return to our own time period yeah i, I a robot guy from the future so yeah. well yeah what's funny though is you got to think about how old the, the transformers are the king arthur time period they would have been alive because optimus prime and the, and the autobots crash landed back in dinosaur times of course of course <laughs> can you imagine millions of years of fighting a war <laughs> that, yeah i feel like you, you'd lose hope like you know they they're like you probably ask them like hey uh what can possibly they're they're like uh, any solution for peace in the middle east they're like actually no we've tried and um <laughs> uh, the girls uh the snake women the medusas whatever they're called the snake girls and iodb credit are just drunk off of d and then he like completely vamps out with the biggest fangs which i don't know i'm looking at his teeth my canines i'm, I'm feeling them right now i have two buck teeth I have two teeth on the side of my canines, but D's got like two, four, six rows of teeth and then his canines. Yeah, it's interesting. We don't see his teeth for forever. And then he has obviously the giant like incisors and everything like that. And, or, and then, yeah, just it all comes out at once for him. So it's like he's been holding it. It's like a visual representation of what he's been holding back for a while. Doris is in bed. Uh, again, we, this seems like there's a scene missing. Like Magnus just put her to bed. He didn't like take her then. He's got D. He thinks D is defeated. Yeah, yeah, or at least, yeah, he's under that impression. He definitely goes for the James Bond route, which is like, oh, he's in the pit with the water and the stuff and the traps. He's probably dead. Right, and D cuts off the heads of these snake women with ease, and, like, they just splash down in this pool of blood, and he's just, like, admiring his handiwork while Hand is, like, just, you know, chatting away. Yep. Yeah, they they apparently were like drunk on him, and now he's like, okay, fuck this vamp- vampire time. Yeah, and then he basically gets his fill from the, um, you know, but tells Hand, you know, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, Laquitha is, you know, with her giant forehead, is just, you know, hating on this girl. Girl, just kill her then. What? You 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 clearly don't like her. I yeah, mean, well, you don't want to get. Well, she, she doesn't want to get Magnus mad. I think it's one of those things. Oh, 
Uh, and we ended our five minutes with, you know, Laquitha being a creeper and just kind of staring at a sleeping girl. Yep. Very, very Snow White-esque, but a little creepier. Yeah, that's how we end our five minutes. No new characters introduced other than the, uh, oh, we got the flying, we got the guy with the with the metal things on his wings. He doesn't have any lines. Yeah, I don't know what he is. He's like a bat creature that I swear, like, every anime hero fights a type of creature like this. Like, I swear I saw this guy in Yu Yu Hakusho at one point. What's a Yu Yu Hakusho for those who are uh, anime? Oh, so it's, uh, it's Yu Yu Hakusho. It's a spirit detective. It's about Yusuke. He fights demons. Uh, he is a teenager who apparent, who is given a, a his signature power is the spirit gun. It's basically an energy wave. He fires from his fingers. And uh, it's a beloved anime uh, has the best tournament arc in anime as far as I'm concerned. And Netflix is in the middle of making a live a- action adaptation, which makes me want to cry. So <laughs> that's about it. Like, oh, no. Yeah, I know. They're like, hey, it's casting. And I'm like, don't show me anything, please. Don't. Oh, yeah, because they were so well. They, they Their last anime effort was so well, uh, not only received, but uh, it lasted. Yeah. They can, a they, week and then it got canceled. They canceled uh, the Cowboy Bebop. Bebop. Yeah, they canceled Bebop right away. And I'm like, what? You're doubling down? And he, One Piece is, isn't even out yet. So what the what the f are you guys doing? I'm like, Warner Brothers needs to like just call Netflix and say, stop. We will take Sandman and pay you whatever it is we need to pay you. We have all the money in the world. We're Warner Brothers. We're gonna put Sandman on HBO Max where it should be, and we will make all the subscriber money in the world. Because, I mean, yeah, because I definitely want to see, like, Constantine and, and Batman and stuff. In the well, little, especially early. Oh, yeah, yeah. You mean the, the, the crossover? Oh, yeah, totally. But they can yeah. do some kind of crossover. I mean, they can't even use Constantine on Sandman because of copyright with um, the Arrowverse right now. So they oh, have brilliant. to use his mother, Lady Constantine. Oh, that's, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Also, everyone's like, you already have Lucifer on Netflix. Why don't you just use the actor from the Lucifer show to play Lucifer in Sandman? That's that's actually not a bad idea. No, they're not doing that. They turned it into a chick. Oh. I'm like, I don't care, but I think that's so stupid. You have Lucifer on Netflix. Lucifer came from Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I just whatever. Anyway, so that's the that's that's the end of this five minutes. Uh, we'll be back next week with a guest. Uh, but it's forty to forty-five. Scott, where can people find us? We are the Vampire Minute on Twitter, and we are the Vampire Movie Minute on Facebook. And my personal Twitter is Scott C. Danielson for other movie stuff. That Radio of Horror at gmail.com is where you can find us and send us emails or accolades or anything else. Uh, we have a page and a Twitter. Um, I'm also on Radio of Horror, and uh, you can also find me over on the Vlada page. We have Vlada Tales of the Dam coming out this October with artwork by Tim Vigil, Ken Hunt, Don Parisi, and many more. So it's going to be a chock-full novel of amazing comic book artwork uh, of short stories of the different characters that appear in Blada, a Dracula tale. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank you.